Welcome into Jets Nation Radio, sponsored by Betway. Make sure you like and subscribe to Jets Nation Radio so you never miss a podcast. Welcome into Jets Nation Radio. I'm Angus Hout, always joined by Ray Howe. Before I get to you, Ray, I got a couple of good announcements, and we'll also shout out our good friends at Betway. Uh, first of all, we have a brand new podcast coming. Uh, Ray, I mean, if you want to hop in with Lex and I, you can, but it's going to be uh, Lex and Goose talking hockey. Uh, we're just going to be talking, well, about hockey. Uh, if you're wondering, who is Lex? Uh, that is, if you listen to Kiss 1023, Matt Barron in the Midday Show, uh, his wife and I are going to be talking hockey. She's a big fan. She had her own podcast for a little while there and is incredibly smart about hockey. So I'm very excited about that. So make sure you tune in for Lex and Goose talking hockey. Also, you know, do us the subscribe thingy. Uh, we also have an NHL All-Star going to talk to me next week. So stick around for that. Make sure, Yeah, I'm not going to tell you which NHL All-Star, but odds are you can guess who it is because he's the only all-star that's going to give me the time of day. He's also six foot eight. So, you know, that'll tell you right there. <laughs> and I got to give a shout out to our good friends at Betway. Go check out Betway. If you're in Ontario, 19 plus and uh, yeah, NHL futures odds still up there. Are you going to bet on the Winnipeg jets? Uh, Ray, the last time we recorded, I said, Hey, I'm going to tell you what you would win if you, if the Jets pulled off a big W and you bet $10, it would be $410 is what you'd walk away with in your pocket. So plus 4,100, <laughs> go bet on those Jets, make yourself rich that way. Ray, how are you? Doing good. Kind of missed last week, but yeah. we're here now. It's kind of the dog days of the summer where not a lot is happening, but you gotta, you gotta look to the future here with the, the, the junior team roster or the summer showcase and the, the preseason coming up shortly. So yeah, we're in that. Yeah, definitely in that. Well, that's actually my fault for last week. I was busy four of the five weekdays and then I went to bed Thursday. I was like, Oh shoot. I forgot to record with Ray. I was like, well, too late. Cause I'm already going to a concert tomorrow. I'm not bugging him out before the weekend. And let's face it. There would be zero jets news between Friday and today. Cause there was none. We did have a bit of Jets news, though. Earth-shaking. We got Logan Stanley to sign here in Winnipeg. What was that, a million by a, mil- a year? Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, it's it's like a it's a deal where you don't really, like, there, it's no, no gain, no loss. Like, you're not losing the player. But, again, like, Stanley is a a seventh defenseman on this team, maybe even eighth. I'm not sure if, if I would rather have Capo Bianco in the lineup over him at this point, just because like they play such a different game. So I feel like he's ideally like when he develops, he's like that fifth, sixth defenseman who is pretty physical, kind of like a Dylan, but worse in my mind. But again, like there's only so many spots on a defensive core and, if he's going to get an opportunity elsewhere to be a 6-7 where he's going to be just not playing any games for us, I feel like he's going to have to take that opportunity at some time or another. You say he could be an eighth, but I almost wonder if he's the ninth defenseman if Declan Chisholm gets his contract signed. I believe that'd be the last jet to sign this summer. So, yeah, you know, like poor Logan Stanley, dude just did not get a good break. And I, Really, it was all because he got drafted where he yeah. got drafted. 
Yeah, I only say he's an eighth defenseman. Like, it's probably like both Capobianco and Stanley are around a seventh defenseman right mm-hmm. now. But I don't see the Jets giving Chisholm time over someone that's played NHL games. And Logan Stanley, even though you ideally want him in your lineup, like, you can't deny he's played a hundred some odd NHL games compared to Chisholm's like two. So I feel like Chisholm is going to be the one to bite the bullet before Stanley does, unfortunately. Which, like, it's so foolish because, like, I, I, I want to like Logan Stanley. Don't get me wrong. He seems like a nice enough guy. But his hockey IQ just isn't there. Like, he's he's got those aspects of being a really good defenseman, but just sometimes it just, well, his heads are way up in the clouds there. And just yeah. those boneheaded decisions, you're like, Bro, what's going on? Like, I get that you, like, last season, he had a lot of, like, he had a couple of those flubs in the few games that he was in. And the season before, you know, we could count almost uh, on two hands every night how many weird little flubs he had. Yeah. One thing in note with Stanley, though, too, is, like, with him having these injuries and not getting into as many games, I like the mentality that he has. He said that, like, the coaching staff doesn't, didn't really get, like, a full chance to meet him and realize the player he is so there's some optimism on stanley's side on earning a spot and earning more ice time and basically being a better player than what he showed last year in the limited time that he had so a motivated stanley to show that even if he's showing it to the jets but just to show it around the league on what he can bring it's going to be important for his future nhl career oh 100 percent like you know, we got we do have the preseason coming up in like a month, less than a month now. So, like, yeah, maybe we can see some like just stellar Logan Stanley hockey. Maybe he does become that sixth defenseman that we're praying for, or you know, ends up going to somewhere else where he can really have a chance to spread his wings. Good luck to Logan Stanley wherever you go, because uh, yeah, I don't know if Winnipeg is the answer for that guy. Yeah. And especially with old man bones, he's pretty particular about who he puts on the ice. And I mean, like, even if let's just, let's just say Logan Stanley and Dylan Sandberg have phenomenal preseasons. Would you make Nate Schmidt or someone else, a seventh defenseman, like one of the full timers? I don't think so. I think you're paying them way too much money to do that. Like, you're paying Schmidt almost six million. You're paying Dylan almost four million. Like you, you don't have the situation where you. I would be fine with a situation where Stanley plays good enough where they force to trade someone like Dylan, where they play Stanley or something like that. But or and we're forgetting like Heinola in this whole situation as well. So it's it's a whole like confusion mess on what the Jets are gonna do and like I feel like two defensemen could honestly be traded from that defense core and it still wouldn't completely solve all the problems not even traded but probably lost on the waiver wire let's be real at this point yeah i feel like Chisholm might be the the next kovacevic to be a target for a team for a cheap seventh defenseman so it's gonna be interesting to see for sure yeah absolutely um Okay, so we are doing the Jets ranking of importance. I actually like this one. I've got I got a couple of compliments on our first round. So uh, we're going to get into the bit of the muck and the mire here. Uh, 
Do you have your uh, 19 to 15 pulled up here? Uh, the 20 to 16. Yes, 20 to 16. <laughs> I am bad at this. Uh, counting backwards is never my strong suit. Again, this is why I got into radio, because uh, you don't have to do much counting backwards. So, Ray, uh, let's hear your number 20. So, my number 20, I have Rasmus Kupari. I feel like he's just a really good bottom six player, good defensive game. And you can see, like, again, like he's a young 23-year-old player who's a first-round pick. So there might be some offense there, and it's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do with a different opportunity and his first time being traded, I feel like, too. My number 20 is Nate Schmidt. Uh, I know some folks think that I don't like this guy. I just don't like his playing style. Fantastic human being, a guy that's obviously great to have in the locker room. And I mean, if I was being smart and countering in, you know, importance of, or, you know, ranking of importance when it came to the locker room as well, obviously Nate Schmidt moves up probably 10 spots, but just his on ice game in the last year, even though it did pick up right after he got scratched, uh, just hasn't wowed me. I think he's going to be important to some of the young guys, but his on ice appearances, I think we're going to start seeing him be a permanent fixture on the third pairing for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. You're 19. Yeah. So for my number 19, I got Lauren Brassois. He's going to be a backup goalie for this year for the Winnipeg Jets. And I would have put him higher. He had amazing stats last year in the limited showings that he had, and he beat us in the first round of the playoffs. But again, it's those injuries. Like I'm not sure if we're going to have to count on Colin Delia to come up and, any situation like that but again we know what we're getting with Brassois like it's going to be better than Riddick it's going to be better it's one of the best backup goalies that the Jets have had in Winnipeg since they've come back so you know what you're going to get with him and again like he's best friends with Hellebuck so that's another bonus there too so it's going to be interesting to see a motivated Lauren Brassois because he said he wanted to be a starter so this may be his opportunity if something happens with Hellebuck where he may be the Jets' starting goalie next year if he plays good enough to earn that. Ooh, I like that. I like when you say stuff like that, telling me that Laurent Brassois is probably going to be our starter next year. Because, yeah, like, honestly, he's at that point in his life where he can do it. I'm excited for next season, even if we don't have Connor Hellebuck. I believe that Laurent Brassois will just blossom into the man that we, well, we all love him. Or at least I do. I don't know about you. I can't speak <laughs> on your behalf. Uh, <laughs> uh, 19 for me is Rasmus Kapari. You know, 66 games last season, 57 the season before. So the guy's like obviously gotten better where he's playing most games in the league. He's probably going to be an important fixture on the fourth line for the Jets. And, you know, if injuries happen, he might be a guy that could actually sneak up into the, you know, the third line potentially here as well and i mean 54 percent in the face-off dot yeah you're gonna like a lot out of this guy uh, so yeah my number 19 yeah so for my number 18 it's not gonna like i want to put wanted to put this guy higher he's an absolute warrior and it's morgan baron like he had an amazing year last year he's i feel like when i think of like a jets player like just like an ideal kind of person as a Jet, I feel like Morgan Barron and, and Lowry are like the first two players that come to mind. 
just a huge body grind in the corners and get get the puck and score so it was his first full season with a Jets uniform on and he performed pretty well like he was a physical body played third fourth line minutes and he took a skate to the face like not every single player can do that and come back to the game and be as efficient as he is so it's going to be interesting to see where he plays next year especially with the additions to with Ayafalo, Velarde, and Kupari. So he might not be that third line winger anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see if he plays to keeping that role too. So it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Well, I'll take your uh, your Morgan Barron. I'll raise you an Mason Appleton. <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of surprised me that you had. Yeah, that you had Appleton come up in the list before Morgan Barron. I thought you would have been all over that guy. Um, Mason Appleton, you know, just a rough couple seasons where just injuries have gotten him and, you know, just the way she goes with the guy. So he hasn't stayed healthy. I'm not entirely sold on that. And I know that he was placed in that very uncomfortable position of having to play in the top two lines last season because of injuries and was not excelling there at all. But when he was on the line with Adam Lowry, he definitely stepped into his own. It's just, I'm more excited to see what Morgan Barron can do in the long run for the Jets, where I think, I don't even know if Mason Appleton sits on the third line all season. He might be a fourth liner by the end of it, if that chemistry between him and Lowry ever dissipates. So, you know, five goals in 41 games last year round that up to 10 if you're doing a full season. So meh. Yeah. For my 17th overall jet, I do have the aforementioned Nate Schmidt. Um, I think he was like, he's a pretty important defenseman on that, that like the jets decor. Like, of course it is my six to rate rated defenseman. So he is the lowest of the starting six. But I think that his value kind of goes understated. Like just two years ago, like he had over 30 points playing on the back end. And again, like he's playing his offside, like a lot of defensemen aren't able to play on their offside. So like Nate Schmidt's a left shot D-man and he's playing on that right side. That's immense value for the Jets because they can play him on either side. And one one thing of note is I'm not with Nate Schmidt. Like he was primarily playing with Dylan Sandberg, who admittedly a lot of Jets fans are really excited about. And I feel like partly due to that was being able to play with Nate Schmidt and have a steady defenseman that can was playing his offside, but was able to kind of teach, teach him the ways and be able to adapt to each other there. So I feel like Dylan Sandberg has a little bit to thank for Nate Schmidt there. So, but again, you said where he... Is a little overpaid, yes, but it's going to be interesting to see what type of Nate Schmidt we get because in the the beauty league he tends to tear it up. So let's see if some of that can translate. Oh, absolutely! I I thought that exact same thing at the end of last summer. Is like, ooh, Nate Schmidt hoisting the beauty league cup and looking like an absolute madman. And you go watch those highlights; like they're exciting to see. So I kind of hope that Bones opens it up and just like you know what Nate Schmidt go be an absolute madman for, you know, five games in the season. Let's see what happens there. Um, 
And I mean, like, he also just didn't have good connections. Like Kyle Connor didn't have good connections early on last season too. So those are just things to remember about Nate Schmidt. Uh, my 17, 17 yeah. spot is uh, Laurie Brassois. I mean, all the reasons that you gave there, Ray. I mean, came in late in the season, didn't lose in regulation, beat the piss out of the Jets, took on the Oilers until he got hurt. So a potential new starter for the Jets. I mean, yeah, this guy's going to be hugely important, not just for this season, but for the future of the Jets. So oh, I I honestly kind of want to see Connor Hellbuck's games reduced. I know he says he's ready to go on a regular basis, but sometimes you don't realize you're tired until it's too late. And I think having, because he's having another kid this year, right? Or had yeah, a kid. Maybe I, yeah, he had a kid recently. Yeah, so, so and I mean, like, there's, things that just happen when you're a dad. So um, if he, I, I know he's probably not going to be 1000% supportive in the middle of the night, you know, changing the, his kid, but uh, you know, you don't get that restful sleep when there's a kid sleep, uh, screaming near you. So uh, I think we're going to see more of our backup. And I mean, he's a proven goaltender and probably the future starter, because I don't see a, a reason why Connor Hellebuck would be back in Winnipeg. Okay, and then for my final one for this episode here, this podcast, I got Vlad Nemestikov. The I want to put Nemestikov higher just because he is such a reliable player. He's someone that's a Swiss Army knife. You can put him on the power play. You can put him on the penalty kill. You can have him on your first line. You can have him on the fourth line. There's so much adaptability to his game, and he's such a smart player. But again, like he's only played like 20 games with a Jets uniform on like I'm gonna find this real quick here he's played 20 regular season games for the Jets and seven playoff games so again that's only a 27 game sample size so I want to put him higher just based on the chemistry he had and he was able to make on that second line and that near the end of the season but I think I need to see more from him before I put him any higher on my list but it's going to be interesting to see. Like he re-signed with the Jets out of free agency, and we don't often see many free agents that are as capable and smart as him sign a multi-year contract with the Jets. So it's going to be interesting to see what type of Vlad Nemestikov we get for an entire season. I think we're going to get a fantastic Vlad Nemestikov. Uh, my number sixteen and last one for this episode: Neil Pionk. Uh, you know, when that guy's on, he is on and he is electric. But when he's being below average like he's been, and I think it's due to injury, even though he's on the top pair or, you know, top four for the Jets, I feel like he's kind of cost the Jets some games in the past. Uh, and, and like during the playoffs, that dude turned it on. And uh, like that's the, if we could see that for a full 82 games out of Neil Pionk, awesome. And if you, or even if you saw that out of 60 games for Neil Pionk, amazing. And all of a sudden he becomes a top 10 player for me, but right now I'm just kind of like, yeah, Neil Pionk, you're there. You can eat up minutes, play through injury. All right. Uh, Sam Gagne signed a PTO with the Edmonton Oilers. That one I'm kind of sad about. Uh, I know there's probably like three other people in Winnipeg that are like, wow, I feel for you, buddy. But uh, yeah, Sam Gagne, PTO in Edmonton. Uh, hopefully he's the guy that takes a spot in Edmonton because I don't feel like trying to find Sam Gagne playing in anywhere else in the league. Yeah. 
Do you think the Jets lose anything by like not trying to get uh, Sam Gagne back? Like I know like there's no spot for him on the ice, but that kind of presence in the leader in the locker room, like once he disappeared from the team, it almost seemed like the Jets started free falling. I don't think they're going to miss, like, not that they're not going to miss him, but like in the locker room, I feel like he wasn't as vital. Like again, like he is a veteran. He has years of experience playing hockey, but I think that this year for the Jets is kind of a different year than it was last year. Last year was, kind of that new leadership so bringing in guys like Gagne leaning on guys like Schmidt and kind of trying to find new players that can step up with Blake Wheeler obviously being removed to the captaincy but I think this year is a different approach where it's not more relied upon by the veterans but kind of seeing what you have in these young players like Gabe Velarde the Cole Perfetti's leadership you see someone like Sandberg I feel like they have more opportunities to step up in the leadership aspect where you don't need a Sam Gagne in the locker room. And I feel like as much as you love Sam Gagne, he's a player that is on the back nine of his career. And obviously I still feel like he's an NHL player, but I don't think he's as needed as he was going into last year. He's got another five years in him, I guarantee. You. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and the reason why I, I like I love Sam Gagne because he was the first player to come to the Oilers once Ryan Smith left. That was like, this is the guy that's going to change this organization. And like, I don't know, he was supposed to be the captain over Andrew Ferentz. I'm still angry about that. If you want to talk to me about why I'm not an Oilers fan, we've got a full podcast <laughs> where I could rant and rave. I still love my Oilers. I just you know, the Jets are better in my opinion. Uh, let's, I mean, like we're getting close to the season. Do you want to do a central division uh, standings breakdown? Yeah, for sure. Let's All go right. through that. Let's go through it. Where Do you want to start at the top or do you want to start at the bottom here? I think it'll be easier to start at the bottom. All right. Let's, uh, let's go eight to eight to one. Let's hear, uh, let's hear your top, your, your eighth spot here. So my eighth spot here is going to be, the Chicago Blackhawks. They just got beefy though. Like yeah, they just they did get Bedard. So. They got Bedard. They got Taylor Hall. They got Nick Bellino. Yeah. They're go okay. So their their forward group is phenomenal, but I couldn't tell you a single defender besides Seth Jones on that team. And their goalies are still Whoa, well, what? You're you're gonna rip on Peter Mrazic, Leafs legend? <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. I still have Arizona below below Chicago. Like, I think Chicago's actually going to take a step forward, and then I think they're going to be, like, in sixth spot in the uh, Central. In the seventh spot for me, it's tough. It's because I feel like there's, like, three teams that could be in this situation here, and it's more on who I'm higher on and lower on and just based on some of the moves they've made and the direction of the team i feel like the st louis blues might be that seventh spot there just yeah. i feel like bennington might throw a hissy fit or something like that and they might trade away some of their their older core players like Braden chen or something like that like this year they didn't make the playoffs and I feel like there's a real 
overall change. Like they were selling at the deadline, they sold two of their corner pieces, and I feel like that could continue into next season. But again, with seven through five for me, they're extremely close and all interchangeable based on, like I would say they're all within maybe five points. Yeah, I'm really in the same boat with you on that. Like it could change. Like St. Louis is my number seven team. So, you know, six Chicago, St. Louis seven and Arizona eight. So yeah, we're, but, and then there's almost Nashville too, where they could do one of two things and they could be real feisty and, you know, no one sees Nashville coming or Nashville is going to be on that lower echelon. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like my, my three teams that I had from seven through five was St. Louis in seventh and then Coyotes in sixth place and then Nashville in fifth place. In fifth place. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't want to say anything bad about Nashville. Cause like they've been just such a juggernaut for so long. That yeah. It's, and it's, it's weird. It, I, it, like the, the, the only reason why I had the predators above the blues and coyotes there is just uc sorrows alone like yeah i feel like he just carries them higher than if like like in terms of most important goalies connor hellebuck is definitely near the top of that list but i feel like uc sorrows is another name right alongside hellebuck in that case so Absolutely. if they didn't have him i feel like the predators would probably be a hundred percent seven or eight yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, they came out of nowhere towards the end of the season. Like, were we not talking about them and the Flames being, like, the two teams that could catch the Jets right at the end? Yeah. So, you know, like, Nashville, like, we thought they were dead in the water deadline day. And, you know, they came back for a bit of a resurrection just to just for the fun of it. So let's get to the interesting uh, meat and potatoes. Where yeah. are the Jets? Uh, let's uh, Let's rip through four through one here. At number four, I really want to say the Wild. I really do, but I feel like it might be the Jets again. You monster. I, I really want to say the Wild here, but like, I feel like they have a lot of good young players. They have Philip Gustafson, who just had an amazing year. And again, like I want to put the Jets higher, but again, I don't know how the players are going to mesh with Connor Hellebuck and Shifley. In question, I like you can't deny that come deadline day, those two players may not be on the team anymore. So, I and I can't say the same thing about the Wild here. So, I have the Jets finishing fourth, and if they trade away Ella Buck and or Shifley, I could see them dropping into that fifth spot probably. Yeah, you're kind of right about that, but I mean they're still working with old man Mark Andre Fleury. Like if even like. I guess goalies are just voodoo, so we don't know who's actually going to turn it on and who's not. Yeah, so. I I feel like Flurry might not even be the starter there anymore. I feel like Philip Gustafson might. Yeah, he's kind of. Yeah, he yeah. took that spot over. Um, but I mean, like that well, was his first season where he really. Oh yeah, I forgot he played in Ottawa. Either way, uh, Philip Gustafson. Sorry, now we're going through some rabbit holes. <laughs> um. I mean, he's only played 66 career games. I mean, yeah, he's he's got a 33 or 32, 22, and 10 record. He might be the guy. Damn it, you're the right again, percent- Ray. The, the save percentage, too. I think he was 
second in save percentage as well. Like he had a 931 save percentage. 920. And oh, wait, that's career. My bad. 931 save percentage in 39 games this year. And 210 goals against. Yeah, we might be talking about a real starter over there. This is, man, I wish we had the money to pay you real money. Because, <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at you uh, pulling it out. Okay, so we got Minnesota 3 for you. Yeah. And you're two, I guess, well, let's hear you two in one. I think this is the year where Colorado isn't the top team. I feel like the loss of Gabe Landeskog, the the losses of some of their depth players that were key, por- key parts of that bottom six, I don't, it's not like they're still a top two team in the central, but I have Colorado too. And again, like it's hard to go against the best, defensemen in the league it's hard to go against Rantanen and McKinnon but besides those main players and losing out on a main piece in Landeskog I think it's going to be hard to keep up with Dallas in that sense there yeah and I mean like Dallas's top line there of Rupe Hintz Robertson and Pavelski is no he's not playing yeah, Pavelski. is it Pavelski yeah, yeah. either like that just a dominant line they're not going to slow down like i have dallas in my number one spot as well um colorado two jets in minnesota were flipped so not a huge debate on what's happening in the central um you know barring a shifley or hellebuck trade like you said so barring you don't believe in arizona whoa <laughs> listen i'll believe in arizona hockey the day that they get out of well, they they leave the Coyotes <laughs> behind, or Glendale. I don't know where they're what they're doing, but um, yeah, you I know. just really like the depth that Arizona has now, and they also have Logan Cooley gonna be full time NHLer. So, and then they also signed Matt Dumba, and we know how good Carl Budnalka can be against the Jets there too. I still have nightmares about him making over 50 saves in the shutout. So, and that dude only shows up for games against, like he has good games otherwise, but he just turns it on for the Jets for no reason. It's just like, yeah, whatever, and does it on a regular basis. Like I, I've won money because of that guy. Where I'm like, oh, the Jets are taking on, like taking on Vimel- Vimelka? Yeah, Vimelka, yeah. Vimelka. Vimelka. That name. dude. Yeah, I just don't got time for those Russian goaltenders i'll fight them all i think he i think he's checked but well then even better there's less of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's uh well besides morgan baron baron participating in the pga tournament here at the manitoba open i don't have much to talk about yeah yeah kind of a shorter shorter week <laughs> this is just a shorter week i mean like go listen to dropping the gloves because John Scott's hilarious to listen to from time to time. Um, also, if you guys want to participate in a fantasy league, feel free to message myself or Ray. Uh, we're going to start looking at getting all of that set up for, I don't know. We'll figure out a day for that yeah. before the preseason. We'll say. Yeah, we'll figure out a time. We'll figure out something. Work. It will work out. So if you want to be a part <laughs> of uh, Jets Nation Radio Fantasy uh, message one of us uh, we'll get everything coordinated there and uh, yeah probably do it through espn give us a message uh ray where are we going to find you out on the internet uh you can find me at uh ray.how on instagram and yeah just send me any message for joining the fantasy league or any questions that you want covered so yeah looking right. forward to hearing from you guys 
Yeah, absolutely. Also, feel free to like just drop questions in the comments too. Like we accept all those questions. So um, you can find me, Angus Hout, on Instagram. That's basically it. Uh, JetsNation.ca. Give it a check. Uh, check that one out. Check out all of our social medias. Make sure you like and subscribe. Ray, have a fantastic week. Go Jets go. Peace and go grace. Go Jets go.